With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Bonjour, mes amis. Je m'appelle Ed McGrogan, back with the Tennis in 10 podcast, your daily look at Roland Garros in under 10 minutes. And I want to get right to what we will be discussing on a future Tennis in 10 podcast, and that is the impending women's final between Simona Halep, the number three seed who has won everything but a major. She has made the finals at the French Open before. Her preferred surface is clay, uh, and she has, in in a draw that is missing a lot of potential, you know, obstacles for for Halep. She has taken complete advantage of that. She has played very well on her own merit. Everything seems to be distilling towards the crowning, the long-awaited crowning of her as a major champion. Um, I don't think, and, and it's not as if she has not been tested along the way. That includes her semifinal today against the number two seed, Karolina Pliskova, who uh, in a three-set battle uh, played valiantly, ultimately was not enough against Halep. Um, even in the, even after recovering uh, from what was a close to a 5-1 deficit in the third set. It didn't end up being that way, but Pliskova made it, um, you know, fought back from a breakdown to get the match back on serve. Um, she certainly asked Halep everything of her um, that you'd want out of a major champion, just as Halep did in the previous round against Elena Svitolina. Uh, Halep has been nothing but tested, and she has proven so far over this fortnight, one which she came into with significant injury concern, that she is a worthy French Open champion. Except that in spite of all that, she still has one more obstacle to surpass. And it is an obstacle that not too many people would have expected uh, to be the final obstacle for Halep at Roland Garros. Um, it is someone who does not have anywhere near the resume of Halep, does not have a single WTA title, in fact. Um, it is it is someone who comes into, who came into Roland Garros with probably very modest expectations, seated uh, very low on the, excuse me, unseated completely. She defeated earlier today Tamea Baczynski, who was a very low seed, number 30, uh, also in a three-set match. 
and did so the same way that she has done throughout this fortnight. Um, she has done that by bringing a, a new game to the environment, um, a game that is predicated on exemplary timing, hitting, winners, um, in great contrast to her opponent in the final, Simona Halep. Um, it's a very exciting game, and it's a very exciting player, someone that we may be seeing for quite some time on the WT Tour, and perhaps even in majors in these late in the second week. Uh, her name is Yelena Ostapenko, and she turned 20 today, and with that, um, you know, she got herself a great gift, as sometimes uh people on their birthdays tend to do. They don't, they don't always rely on others to give them a gift. Um, she treated herself to her first major final with a three-set win over Baczynski. And it sets up really what I think is a, a fascinating contrast, not just in styles, because that's going to be the case uh, with Halep, one of the best baseliners, um, you know, a great strategist on the court, someone who who has, I think, evolved uh, over the past four years from um, a player who, you know, had, had a, once she dedicated herself to singles, uh, really, really got on a, on a tear early on. I, I remember a few years back, she won I think it was four or five tournaments, all sort of at the medium to lower levels of the tour, and took that right away, got into the French Open final not too long after that, 2014, um, came up short there, and since then has, as I said, has been really just winning much more than she's been losing, and has proven herself to be one of the best players in the game without a major. Um and, you know, I, I think the contrast, you know, com- contrasted, of course, with Ostapenko's relative laugh- lack of experience. Um, and, you know, again, someone who is going to, if, if the, um, you know, if the nerves of today didn't get to, to Ostapenko, you know, on a, on a big day, on a big day for her opponent, a, a former French Open semifinalist as well in Baczynski, you, you know, who does the pressure really side with in this final? I mean, this is, by any measure, the favorite in this is Simona Halep for all the reasons I, I've just discussed. Um, but, you know, with that will be an increased level of expectation as if there wasn't already. Ostapenko will come into this match with absolutely nothing to lose. So... If you you know if you think of it that way, and you're, and you're even giving this free swinger um, even more room, even more sort of territory to to encroach on. I mean, how surprised would you be if Ostapenko goes out and defeats Halep um, on Saturday? Uh, it's a question that um, that I think will have to be discussed over the next couple of days as as we as we prepare for this match. 
And, you know, but ultimately, you know, the questions are going to really swarm around Halep because uh, I think it's difficult to pick against her at, at this stage considering her two victories over Pliskova and Svitolina, particularly against Svitolina. That was, you know, I do, I do think that the majority of that match was was ultimately on what Svinolina could not do rather than what Halep could do. But they, even if that's the case, I would say it's 45-55 would be the split between, you know, the, what happened there. And, you know, I think, again, that part of this uh, for Halep is that she, she re, you know, she came into the quarterfinal stage seeing that everyone remaining in the draw was on equal footing. No one had won a major. I think that sort of is a bit of a reassurance as well that in some way it's a clean slate and it's some way everybody's in the same level. Um, you know, the, the rankings don't show that with her against Ostapenko. I believe he was ranked number 42 um, on the tour coming into this week. But, you know, as we've seen throughout Roland Garros and many other mages beforehand, it's a mental game as well as a physical game and any sort of mental edge that help can take into this match. Um, she'll want to use to her benefit. And uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be the most important match of her career to say, to say it pretty simply. Uh, this one could linger for a while if it doesn't go in her favor and if Ostapenko does happen to win this match, I mean, you have an incredible story there as well. You have a player coming out of absolutely nowhere, certainly not a nobody for anyone who's filed the WTA um, with any sort of degree of seriousness over the past year or so. But for her to come on and, and strike, um, it would remind me, you know, in, in some ways of kind of what Del Potro did at the U.S. Open 2009. I think there's a lot of differences there, but I'm trying to think of the last player who who won a major at a really young age that we still, you know, didn't see it coming despite some great play and evidence from, you know, the underdog. So with that said, um, this should be a fantastic final. We're really looking forward to it. And we're going to cover it, of course, when it happens on Saturday afterwards in the Tennis and 10 podcast. Aviento. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.